0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. We are looking back at the 2024 recruiting class today, but at the same time, looking ahead to 2025, which, of course, people have already turned their attention toward Shay. Let's lead off though with kind of the bow, if you will, on the 2024 high school class. What are some closing thoughts on this class, which we'll get to our overall kind of top five rankings from, from the 2024 class. But what was your final take on it when it was all said and done?
1: I thought the biggest thing was getting a top five class. They finished number four on, on three And it was doing it with a geographical approach that I thought made sense, focusing on Louisiana, focusing on East Texas. And when you toss in PJ Woodland out of South Mississippi, 26 of the 29 signees, Billy, came from Louisiana, Texas, or the one from Mississippi. They only signed three guys from other states. Georgia was CJ Jackson, Ethan Calloway in North Carolina, and then Colin Hurley down in Florida. So, for them to put it together like that, lock down the state of Louisiana, have a presence in East Texas, and then go kind of spot recruit for just a handful more guys and still finish top five in what people thought was a down year in Louisiana, for me, that was really impressive.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think the close uh, is what I will always kind of remember about this class because when you look at it overall, it was in a good spot leaving the summer. And they certainly did a nice job with a lot of evals uh, throughout the cycle. But the ability of this class to, or this, this ability of this coaching staff to close the last two cycles has really been solid to me. Um, And I still like their approach, not only from a geographical perspective, but also the board. I didn't think they were out there chasing too many guys that were just pipe dreams, or they were Having to go outside of the area to even chase those pipe dreams, uh, they did a good job keeping their board trim and and knowing where they could really have had a good shot for the most part. While also dealing with, I mean, the reality that Jimmy Lindsey was sick, um, and and then eventually the the turnover on that defensive side of the the ball, they were able to for the most part tee up their class well, and they used the rest of their coaching staff, to work on a lot of the class that they ended up closing strong on. Your Gabe Relaford, your Weston Davis, Dominic McKinley, guys like that. I just think Brian Kelly and his staff, especially now the group he has put together on both sides of the ball, are teed up to be a group of strong closers, uh, which is worth noting. So um, this class was should be viewed like it is, a top five class on, on three, an encouraging direction for the most part. Uh, particularly with their finish in the trenches uh, on the defensive side of the ball. This is a class that if they hit on some of the guys that are viewed as those fringe three, four stars, they could really be, you know, up to a really respectable level in the future when it comes to the defensive side of the ball in particular.
1: Well, and that's the thing. One thing I love about the on three rankings is it's not done by you have 30 something commits you have the best class it's on a kind of a gradual scale that counts up and averages each school's number of recruits so it only accounts for 18 so 18 of lsu's 29 recruits on three is basically saying billy that more than half your class 18 guys is good enough when compared to the rest of the country to be a top five class and for me that was that's massive and speaks to what you say If it pans out, even with those guys, those 18 guys who are all four stars or higher, and obviously maybe a handful won't pan out, some three stars certainly will pan out. But if you're getting 18, even 20 guys out of a recruiting class that end up contributing, that's big.
0: Yeah, exactly. And when we look at that top upper echelon of this class, you look at the top five Uh, for you, myself and Matthew Bruni. All have a little bit of everybody, uh, or, or uh, all have a little bit of consistency in the in that top five for the most part. But uh, none of us have the same top five, or even the same number one player in the class. So let's dive into that a little bit with this recruiting class in 2024. The top end talent, if they hit on these guys, can be game changers. They all have that athleticism. They all have elite traits that you look for um, across the board pretty much. And so do you want to go ahead and ride with uh, your number one player? And I'll share my number one player and then we'll kind of go down the list or how do you want to do this?
1: We could do that, I'm fine with that. Um, And then we've got Matthew, he's not on the pod, but he did have a list one to 29. So he had everybody in there. Um, We'll give his, I'll drop his as well. And he's got sort of breakdowns on each. you want me to go first?
0: Yeah, let's let's do it.
1: I will go with Gabe Relaford. We're starting at one? Yes. Okay, I'll go Gabe Relaford out of Evangel. I mean, back-to-back, what, All-State honors, Defensive Player of the Year as a senior, put up gaudy stats as a D-lineman. They needed D-lineman badly. When you've done it, and he's got the size, he's got the length, he's got... He checks a lot of those like NFL type boxes in terms of what a prospect is long term. Now he's getting coached up by Kevin Peoples, Bo Davis, Blake Baker, this new defensive coaching staff. I just think that his upside is through the roof. He's proved it on the field. Um, We've already seen LSU putting out that are retweeting him where he was clocking well over twenty miles an hour, doing sprints um, with the team. He's on the field. He's there now as an early enrollee. So. In a very tight race, Billy. And you'll see here in a second, there's only so much shuffling we could do here. Maybe the order, but not the people involved here. I think it's kind of clear cut that if you're talking top five, there's a a group of guys who belong in it. And no doubt where you put him, Relaford is there. So for me, I'll put him at one.
0: I am going with a guy who I've always stood on the table for. Uh, well, I've stood on the table for Gabe Relaford. I said very early in this cycle, LSU should have offered him and they should have been all over him, and eventually they did. But that is neither here nor there. But when LSU missed on this guy originally, Dominic McKinley, I have sat there and said he is a very, very good football player. He was productive as a junior. With his size, athleticism, and all those traits, he has probably... On the defensive side of the ball, the best upside out of anyone. And on the offensive side, you got Trey Des Green, probably with the best upside. But when you look at what Dominic McKinley can do from grabbing turnovers, from using his size to make plays, he plays with good leverage. I think he's the number one player in the class. And if we're doing it from the perspective of who's the best player right now, he's probably not that. It's probably a Relaford, it's probably a Caden Durham guys like that. But if we're looking as far as who could end up being the best prospect in the class and panning out the best, I think it's tough to argue that Relaford with all those traits and the size and athleticism, it does, I mean, he's got as good of a chance as anyone to to be the top guy. It's the reason why he's a five-star plus prospect. Uh, I like Dominic McKinley as, a, as my number one guy.
1: We uh, go a different way in all of them. Matty B went trade as Green, the five-star tight end. Uh, he said Green, incredibly athletic, fluid mover, being six foot seven. Matty B liked the basketball background, um, and said Green had already been his number one player in the class when he did the rankings before in December. Stuck with it. So there you go, trade as at number one.
0: Number two, I am going to go with Gabriel Reliford. Like you said, leading the states, la- the the state the last two seasons in sacks. I just think he's an incredibly productive football player. And, you know, when you look at what he's able to do on the field uh, right now at the high school ranks, he's the most productive guy. I think him being able to play multiple spots along the defensive line could certainly help him get on the field early on. And then one thing though, I will say is that he's not the tallest guy, but he does have some of the traits you look at uh, for being a productive college player. So he could be that guy, you know, for the Tigers for multiple years. And so uh, I had him as my number two guy. I, was, I stood on the table for him early in the cycle and, and still love love what I saw out of him in the end.
1: Uh, I went a different direction here. I went Weston Davis, another five-star and on, on three, um, but someone who was a standout basketball player. This kind of becomes a theme here, but was a standout basketball player, Billy, at Beaumont United, who is a nationally ranked team, very good uh, high school basketball program. So to even be on the roster, let alone play for a big guy his size, was notable. Well, then he transitions to football as well as doing basketball and ends up showing a ton of promise as an offensive lineman. Measurement-wise, he can play. I mean, he can dunk the basketball. He has got length. We ranked him as the number three offensive tackle in the country, I believe, is where he ended up. Uh, But a five-star for on three. I don't think he is going to play this year. I don't think he has to play this year, but I'll buy into the combination of Weston Davis's natural abilities and athletic abilities and just how his body's made up and what LSU can do for him strength and conditioning wise and Brad Davis kind of coaching wise. So maybe I'm buying some future stock here, but I think when the dust settles on this class, Weston Davis is an easy top five choice.
0: Yeah, Uh, and, and everybody on the site had him as a top five guy as well. I had uh, Tradez Green. I think an elite uh, prospect here from the standpoint of athleticism and uh, being able to see uh, Tradez go to Zachary was probably one of the biggest things as my number three prospect and and why I have him that high. He was able to just dominate uh, as a, as a senior and do some really incredible things. And I think finally feel the most confident he can possibly feel um, when it comes to his body and and what he can do on the football field. And where I was somewhat surprised too was how well he can be on the outside and be physical and, and you know, be that dominant high school player. I was a little concerned with that after seeing some of the tape from his junior season, which he still was productive. But that total domination really came out this year at Zachary, and, and I think that's uh, why he finishes one of the best prospects in the country as well.
1: Okay, so recap, Billy, you went Don McKinley at one, Relaford at two, Trey Dez Green at three, Maddie B went with uh, Trey Tradez Green at one, he had McKinley at two, Don McKinley, uh, who you had at one, and he checks in with Caden Durham at number three on his list, uh, a running back coming out of Duncanville, obviously a pretty big-time player. Uh, more on him in a minute uh, because he will be on another one of our lists, uh, but my third was Don McKinley. Um, I think you have to put him in the top three. He was one of the trio of five stars. And maybe I'm buying into the need LSU has as much as anything here. But when you only return a couple of DTs on roster, it was paramount that they found a guy like McKinley. And he finishes as Louisiana's number one prospect. He's the number, what, the top five D lineman nationally on, on three. And when he went to the All-American Bowl, beyond to Katie and playing high-level competition and uh, going to the Dome, all these different things, he went to the uh, Under Armour game and tore up O-linemen in practice, who are the best in the country. So everyone kept him as a five-star, good-looking player. I'm there with it. I'm buying in right now, so he is in my top three. Dom McKinley.
0: And number four, Matty B went with Gabe Relliford, who we've covered then you have a familiar face on there. But I also went with the one you're very high on, and that is Weston Davis. And, you know, when you look at offensive line prospects, you love to see them play multiple sports, in particular your basketball and your track guys. Go look up some Weston Davis basketball highlights. I mean, he it's funny. I was um, powerful with his movements, and that's what you like to see. I think he's not a – finished product by any means on the offensive line which is a good thing for him he's got time to kind of sit and learn but he is a very very good prospect as good as anyone we've seen even you know will campbell and emory jones coming through um, weston davis has some athletic traits that you really just can't teach
1: Okay, so we've got pretty much the same. I, at four, I've got as Green. So I'm not low on as I don't mean to look for Maddie B to have him one. You had him three. I'm the outlier here at four. I know for so long how much he's loved basketball. I'm ready to see him put that passion into football, and that certainly probably sparks when he joins the team this summer. You start to get into the flow of it, um, and you kind of get a feel for that adjustment from going from high school, even at a school exactly like to, to LSU. So much like a Camorian Pimpton, it might not be right away, but you can't teach the size. You can't teach the catch radius and he's torn apart football the two years. He's really put effort into it uh, as a junior and senior. So uh, our top four all kind of look the same for the most part. Um, for me at five, I put someone who, maddie b already had in the top three i'll rock caden durham um i think running backs can play early we've seen that time and again at lsu and i just like a kid coming from a school like our program like duncanville you're one of the elite programs in high school football you play very good competition you've been to state title games and you've proven it on every big stage then you toss in what is very elite track speed for a running back and a running back at his size so no look is he going to come in and tear apart the sec in year one or do they even need him to no but i do think he'll have his shots and across his time at lsu with how frank wilson splits up touches i think he'll have more than enough chances to prove kind of that maybe that he's more than just a home run hitter which i think he kind of gets labeled you know now is when he finds the hole he's gone but what else can he be that complete back and i think he is
0: Yeah, I I think we kind of see a little bit of the same thing with Caden Durham, the ability to play early and get touches. And, you know, he'll factor in with with Josh Williams and Caleb Jackson in the backfield. But I I do think he needs to be a little bit more consistent in terms of the, the ability to, you know, make the routine runs and not just be that home run hitter. And I think that track speed, out of Duncanville prospects, he's got some of the best track speed and he's got that ability to show that in a verified setting one thing i am concerned about is that he is physically ready to go he is like there and so yes he's going to get older he's going to get you know he's going to mature and do all those things but i do worry like he is kind of a finished product in a sense so um he's got to be a little bit more consistent on some things but that was one thing that held me up from having him in my top five and the reason why i went with my number five player is because we've seen some Louisiana wide receivers get slept on. And I think he showed why um, us moving him up right in well inside the the on 300 uh, could very well pan out. And that's Kylan Billiot, uh out of Bone. And I, I think he's, um, you know, got the ability to be that guy at, at receiver for LSU. I think his competitiveness and drive to to – Continue his progression. I mean, we saw him at the private workout before his junior season. We saw him at the private workout before his senior season. And even then, you saw the progression. And he was just kind of a victim of not having great quarterback play when he got to the uh, All America Bowl in San Antonio. He had a terrific week. I think he's going to be uh, very, very good. I think he's going to take a little bit of time just to continue to refine that route tree, but he is bouncy. He is still not a finished product, but he has kind of that competitiveness that you want from guys at the receiver position to be great. And I think he can be a guy that ends up being second round draft pick. I think for the most part, and correct me if I'm wrong on you, but if you're in the top five of this class, probably viewed as a seven, top 75, top 50 prospect by all three of us. So all of these guys are very, very good.
1: I don't think you can go wrong. And look, there's Deshaun McBride out there. There's a lot, Ethan Callaway, CJ Jackson, I debated putting in as an edge rusher. You've got linebackers like Tylan Singleton and Devon Keys and, um, and, and Xavier Adkins. Uh, they have a lot of guys finished top 300. So I won't be shocked at all. If we look up in three or four years and a couple of guys have shot way up this list.
0: Yeah, absolutely not. So those are the guys we view as the top five guys in this class. I believe we we said this, but Maddie B had Weston Davis in there at number five. If not, there's Maddie B's number fifth number or uh, fifth ranked player in the class. Um, and if you're, you know, looking to become, you know, that top high end breadwinner, uh, you should reach out to our friend Andy Ludicky at My Perfect Franchise. You get an opportunity to talk with Andy. Go to myperfectfranchise.net to get the rundown on what he can do for you and your family. Uh, If you want to leave the corporate rat race uh, for the American dream, you can look for a side hustle to make more money uh, as well as working your current job. You could also diversify, build wealth and leave a legacy to your kids or other family members. Andy can help. He's a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, you can find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. Call Andy up 404-973-9901. You can also email him at Andy, A-N-D-Y at myperfectfranchise.net. Get on his calendar for a meeting. You guys could find something that works for you. Uh, I was on a call with Andy about a month ago. He was talking about how uh, they're tracking certain businesses and areas and uh, niche businesses that people can jump into that are maybe a little bit more on par for being able to make money um, and are trending well uh, this year versus some other business models that maybe have not uh, gotten over that trendy nest. So that's why Andy's there. He's a franchise consultant. He can help you, uh, go to myperfectfranchise.net for more info. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumba casino.com. It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
0: Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
0: Ch-ch-chumba.
1: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shady, uh, we've still got a lot to talk about. And this is really probably the portion of the podcast where people wanted to. Uh, get a little bit more insight on. And this is a 2025 class prediction pieces that you and I dropped at the BengalTiger.com. Go to the BengalTiger.com. Join for just a dollar for your first two months when you use the code LSU1. That's LSU, the number one, to get you a dollar for two months. You can get both of our class prediction pieces, and we'll leave those behind the paywall. Trust me. But let's make a couple of our bold predictions on what stood out uh for our own class predictions uh you went first on the um uh the the class ranking so I will go first on mine and I felt like when putting together this class uh it was one where there's a lot of good in it already there's a lot of elite prospects Bryce Underwood Harlan Berry Decorian Moore and others and they've been on a little bit of a, of a heater in recruiting but when I look at maybe a bold prediction, I would probably tell you guys it is kind of the overall haul of corners in this class that I have assembled for the Tigers because they've got four-star defensive back, Jabori Antoine, already committed. He can play safety, but he's really there right now as a corner. But then you get DJ Pickett, the five-star safety, out of Zephyr Hills, Florida, is the number one safety in the country, but LSU's recruiting him at corner. Now they're trending for Dorian Brew, a four-star prospect out of the state of Texas, an LSU legacy, who's another corner who might be able to play a little defensive back. But then I tossed in there a guy that a lot of people in the thread on the Bengal Tiger were, you know, kind of surprised to see, and that is Onus uh, Conanbani out of North, uh, or he's from South Carolina. Uh, he goes to uh, Heritage, uh, or he goes to Heathwood Hall Episcopal. And he's a top 300 overall prospect for on three. But that hall right there is going to be tough for Corey Raymond to assemble just because it is such a group that when you look at the elite secondary halls across the country, getting that many corners and just overall kind of versatile defensive backs to sign on together might be a little tough. So that is kind of my bold pick in the class is all of those guys, especially those, those top four um, in my five-man DB hall, kind of agreeing to to come to Baton Rouge, play for Corey Raymond. You, they've all played corner or will at some point, and to get all four of them would be pretty bold, I would say.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on defensive backs. Mine predictions, which was a deep group, had a lot of people on the board excited about what that potential would be. It may sound odd to say it because there's so much buzz around him right now. But, and I'll give you one person on each side that I thought was a bold pick. But for me, putting DJ Pickett on there, five-star, number one overall safety, but someone they like at corner uh, out of Florida, I thought was bold. And yes, he did just visit. Yes, he's been tweeting nonstop about LSU. And uh, a lot of the guys in the class are working him right now. And he's got a close relationship with Raymond. But it is still so tough to pull guys out of Florida. If any of those Florida schools are on them hard, then you know that in the coming months, Bama's, Georgia's, everyone's going to be involved here. So Texas, I mean, he was out to Oregon for a visit. A guy of that caliber who isn't from, you know, your backyard or a border state is bold. So that's one of them. On offense, I think my bold one was Tyler Miller, who – is if you don't know who he is, he's an offensive tackle. We have him ranked as the number, what, five, number six offensive tackle in the country, um, right at a top 50 overall prospect. Uh, coming out of Laurel, Mississippi, playing at Laurel High, Brad Davis has been all over him. Joe Sloan's been all over him. They went out to see him a number of times in the eval period in January. Um, look for him to visit the spring. It's bold because this is a Mississippi kid that, Ole Miss and Mississippi state would, you know, are salivating over and it's very tough to pull Mississippi kids out of Mississippi. It's probably a reason neither of us had Caleb Cunningham, one of the top receivers in the country on our prediction piece, even though he's been to LSU a bunch and they're courting him uh, as one of their top wide receiver targets. But I will go Tyler Miller here for Brad Davis, landing an elite offensive tackle, not bold to go into Mississippi and pull one that those schools want in the NIL era is, is, is tough.
0: No question about it, but heck of a player. I mean, that's how you draw them up right there. Tyler Miller, uh, one of the best offensive tackles in the country. And I think it's, it's a good pick though, because of where we're going to look to next, which is the geographical footprint of LSU recruiting. And you had a good story on the side about it post signing day, the approach being Louisiana number one, and then border states. That is the approach that LSU needs to be taking. And then you look at a Florida or Georgia, kind of sprinkle those in. That is really their bread and butter. That's how they should be operating. I'd love to see them really regain a foothold in Houston of true Houston kids. Um, But they have been working Texas very well. You've gotten carving good. out that
1: Dallas footprint too.
0: I know, making it easy on me, making it easy on me. So um it, it's you can get a combination, I think. And this is important, and it's also kind of always interesting when it comes to evaluations. Louisiana kids, for the most part, are usually guys that you can sit there and say, Well, he needs another he needs a year in the weight room. He needs the right nutrition, and and it look he's gonna have all these opportunities with. All the facilities at LSU and all of those things. That's why it goes to show Louisiana kids can get slept on in a sense or missed because they are guys that usually can be late bloomers. A lot of Texas prospects are guys that are in programs that have these college like facilities and have indoors and have trainers and have coaching staffs that have 15 coaches on them that are all kind of full time outside of you know, maybe teaching here and there or being a PE teacher on the side. These are all guys that have been developed. When you go into uh, programs in Texas, you can get guys that can help you sometimes early on and be very good players throughout their careers. And then you could also get guys from other areas of the country that are, one, can be very good football players early, but can also develop into great elite players so i i like this geographical approach for issue as well because of that that kind of almost coverage where you can get a jv and toviano who can help you right away you can get guys like a caden durham coming up this year he's going to help you right away because he can physically there are others that you remember caleb jackson coming out of baton rouge he didn't look like the way he did when he showed up on campus and you fast forward to the season and He's, you know, be, he's become a meme because of how quickly he uh, blew up in, in terms of his size and his strength. So it's just a nice balance of guys that are developmentally ready and guys that can turn into absolute beasts with a little bit of help from the LSU program.
1: And look, I won't bore you with too many stats, but some of these bear repeating, I've said them before. Um, when it comes to blue-chip talent ratio, which you can view, we have an awesome on-on-three breakdown of NFL draft, where guys come from, where five stars, four star, all these are coming from per capita blue chip ratio. Louisiana is number one, three of the past five years, and it flip-flops with Mississippi. So, you know, right here per capita, you've got elite, elite talent. In the era of the portal, and I've talked to coaches at every school, Billy, not every school, plenty of schools. They all will say, it's a lot easier to keep a kid who's from where around where your school is because if he gets homesick he drives home if he wants to see his parents every weekend they're there for every game flights aren't involved all of that so when you recruit louisiana east texas south mississippi and even dip into georgia and alabama there's certainly with the Texas, east texas louisiana south mississippi there's no need to fly you everything's a drive it's easy and you could hold on to kids for longer than when for instance a jackson McGohan this year kid out of ohio they sign him he doesn't play much he says you know what i'm transferring closer to back home happens all the time corey kiner from cincinnati came in did play said i just want to go closer to home went back and played at cincinnati you talk about roster retention and being able to build and develop you've got to keep guys that's one way to keep them and when you've got the built-in bonus of, Oh, where you recruit your home base is also some of the most talented players in America. It's no reason to deviate from that. And here's the stats that I think are important. 66% of LSU signees played football in Louisiana this past fall. No other team in the top 20 of the recruiting rankings eclipse 60 in their state. So you're locking down one of the most important states in the country while balancing it with a full recruiting class. Twenty-six of the twenty-nine signees are from Mississippi, Louisiana, or Texas. Only one from Mississippi. So almost everyone but three guys you signed is from right there. Then you look at add one more. What Brian Kelly said: um, "We'll go anywhere for a quarterback." They did. Bryce Underwood. They did. Colin Hurley. Uh, and he said, "We'll go anywhere for a difference maker." But our recruiting is going. To, our base recruiting is going to be the border states and then Georgia, Florida. And he said that uh, was a study they did. And he said, looking back, basically, all the great LSU teams were made up of players from those areas, eras. And I agree with that. I love looking at it that way. But I think that added element of the portal and retaining players makes this approach the must get, uh, like must do approach. And for them to kind of balance that and a top five class, I just thought was really, really impressive.
0: Yeah, and, and to do it, like you said, regionally like that makes it even more impressive. I mean, the the past you've seen LSU kind of go and try to get a couple more guys, blue chip guys from other parts of the country. I mean, I think of a Dalen Austin, for example, um, you know, a, a guy like that where, yeah, I mean, nice recruiting win, but holding on to him all the way through was just too much to overcome being that far away. And LSU was a place that I thought, honestly, I mean, Dalen liked enough to commit to, don't get me wrong, but he was pretty, you know, kind of throughout the process, like gung-ho, he made his way back timely, but it was just too much to overcome on top of him having some extra ties to Oregon. But um, let's, let's keep it regionally, um, in a sense, because uh, I think maybe our predictions will be of that nature. Who do we think is next up? Uh, to commit to LSU in the 2025 class. What are you, what are you thinking here? Because I feel like we could both go one way that is very similar or the, the, the exact same, or then we can kind of be all over the place here.
1: Yeah, I feel like the one guy in Louisiana would be James – well, I think James Simon at running back is who everyone would think. I mean, he you look at the rankings, Billy, the top eight players in Louisiana, seven are committed to LSU. Simon's had an offer forever. Now he's made visits and he also has not indicated he's going to shut things down anytime soon. Now, neither did Jabori Antoine, neither did some other Devin Harper, other guys have popped. So I think he's a safe bet to put as the odds on favorite. But then again, I wonder if it's not, if I stick in Louisiana, a guy like Corey Adams, you know, someone who a D lineman, you know, they're only D lineman they've offered. Could he pop? Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know enough about what he wants to do with the coming months uh, of his recruitment, but an Edna Carr kid recruited by Frank Wilson and Bo Davis has got an LSU offer in his back pocket. Like those kind of kids could pop at any point. So for me, I would pick those two as my safest bets.
0: Yeah. And, and I think we're on the, we're on the same, same page. I mean, James Simon makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, you've got a guy that um, has seen a lot of places Throughout his recruitment, he's been able to go and get out and um, go watch, you know, college football games. He's been able to go see um, programs relatively easily in terms of you know his family's ability to to get him places and, and things like that. And he's well traveled uh, in in the recruiting world. He would probably be my safe bet as well. The thing about this this class and that's going to be interesting to follow is. There is an entirely new defensive staff, which we know and LSU fans are pretty happy about. And so how does the defensive side of things, maybe outside of Louisiana, shake out when you look at, all right, they're still adjusting to being in Baton Rouge. Yes, there are guys that have come and visited and they've made their way. And and we've seen that with the guy like Adorian Brew, um, who might be maybe, you know, one of those sleeper guys that that could make a decision in the spring and, and you know, do that. He was kind of at that point with probably Ohio State last month but opted to back off and, and kind of reset um, where things stand. But, yeah, I mean, I think the safe bets are James Simon and Corey Adams and, and we'll kind of go from there. But I, I just wonder if there is a, maybe a dark horse type of prospect who LSU is in a better spot for when it comes to, defensive side of the ball that that maybe we don't realize um and lsu can maybe get him uh to jump on board whether it be uh early on when spring practices get going and and somebody sees practice loves it makes a decision i mean one guy that um i know lsu uh has uh certainly a a want for but it's worth noting as we start to put together the list of of prospects who could come uh, to, to campus for spring ball, but Dylan Battle out of out of the DFW area. And, you know, you and I have talked about him offline. He is kind of, and, and we've had two on three interviews with him lately. He's very good as far as a quote goes, but he also keeps things very, very close to the vest. But like you were telling me, Brad Davis, or Bo Davis, I uh, wonder how long that's going to go on for, but Bo Davis has done a really nice job recruiting him. He's got a very, very strong relationship there. Is he somebody that when he comes to town in March could say, you know what? This is it for me. I don't know, because he does keep things very close to the vest. Um, But that is more of a a pure guess as far as a dark horse type, type guy that could jump on board.
1: Look, it's going to be fun to watch. They've done so well to clean up in Louisiana, but still the number one class, three five stars, four guys ranked in the top 20. All nine of their commitments are ranked in on threes, top 250 we said it on the last pod we have not seen a start like this for lsu yes it's 10 11 months till signing day but guys like bryce underwood are very publicly now saying i'm not even talking to other teams um we'll see what happens with decorian Moore. i think that's the one being in texas and kind of having a lot of texas influence around him uh is the one to kind of people are watching until the end but This base being already a lot of Louisiana guys, I think it's huge. Underwood saying I'm locked in and being a recruiter is huge. Keelan Moses, I think, is working on in-state and out-of-state kids. And uh, I've got an article coming uh, on the site, Billy, but uh, since signing day, LSU's offered 10 new prospects. So the board keeps growing in a hurry. Uh, And look, as we noted with our prediction pieces, there will be guys popping up that we're not talking about. I mean, this time last year, we weren't talking about a quarter uh, or more of the guys that LSU ultimately signed. So um it's gonna be a fun stretch to see if they go wire to wire here at
0: number one. Yeah, no doubt. So jump on the Bengal Tiger, join for just a dollar for your first two months. LSU won. Guys, enjoy your Friday. Uh we dropped this pod Friday morning and uh, hope you guys get it, use it to get you yourself through your Friday errands or weekend or what have you. And we'll be on the Bengal Tiger just hanging out. Uh we'll have content all weekend. And so hope everybody had a fun Mardi Gras uh, recovering well. Um, Shay, it's that kind of slow little stretch of, of February before spring ball gets here before we know it, but it'll be fun on the Bengal tiger.
1: Yes. Only a dollar. Shout out to everyone who signed up. We had as we said last week on the pod, a massive January. So let's keep it rocking. I'm excited.
0: Yep. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Bengal tiger podcast. Follow us wherever you get your podcast at, and we will catch you guys next week with another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com.